The Generator Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you heal, align, and expand your intuition. With high vibe content and lightened conversations and weekly energetic updates, we are here to help you get and stay lit by connecting you to your highest self. Get inspired by tuning in to today's episode of The Generator Podcast. Hey guys, it's Victoria and flying solo today for today's intro because the amazing intro that Laura and I recorded last week in preparation for today's episode turned into another episode and it is beautiful. It's all about the energies of Pisces and how to use this mystical, magical energy to get more into your subconscious and also how this is such a beautiful clearing energy and it was just too yummy and too delightful to cut up and hack up and make a 15 minute intro out of and it was almost an hour long. So we were so lit up when we got done. We were like, that's an episode. And if I'm going to be honest, I knew prior to recording that day that we were going to do that. I knew that we were going to end up having a conversation that was going to turn into an episode. And I did not listen to my intuition. And instead of saying that and telling her that, I just went along with our original plan, which was to record an intro for part two of Masculine and Feminine Energy, which is the episode you're about to listen to. Instead of saying, hey, you know what, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like whatever conversation we're about to have is going to turn into an episode. So let's actually schedule another time to do the intro or I'll just do the intro on my own. And anyway, it all worked out. But just showing you guys that following your intuition is a practice and it's not something that you get wrong or right. And I don't feel like I failed because of that because I'm like, oh, that was my intuition. Good to know that that's what that sounds like. And because of all this Piscean energy, which is very fluid and Neptune's in Pisces and Mercury retrograde and we have the sun and we just had a new moon in Pisces, sometimes it's a little hard to know there's just so many ideas and things floating around right now. It's difficult to ground. So for me personally, I was having a hard time going, okay, what's mine? What's not my intuition, what's just me being really scattered and all over the place, but I still learned. And that's the important part when you're doing, when you're healing your intuition or you're developing a relationship with it is when you quote unquote miss it by like a 3D standpoint, you didn't miss it because you saw it. You still saw it and you're like, oh, that was my intuition. Cool. So just, I think that's always a really good reminder because sometimes when we realize that we didn't follow our gut in retrospect, we beat ourselves up. We're like, dang it, see, I didn't do it again. But even just the awareness of it, that is learning. That is expansion. So that is honestly a really good example of that masculine energy where I just leaned into my logic and kind of shut down the intuition because guess what? We had scheduled to record an intro. So my logic masculine mind was like, that's what we're doing because I didn't want to change the structure and go with the flow. So, and Laura is so go with the flow and is really awesome at that. So 
the fact that I didn't bring that up to her was not because I thought that she would shut it down. In fact, she probably would have been totally down. And when we got done, she was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And it was really awesome. But you know what? Everything happens. It ha- worked out the way it was supposed to. But that is why she is not on today's intro, because we used our time to record our intro, turned into a really cool entire episode for you guys. So I'm not actually sure what we're going to do with that yet. I have thought about releasing it as a bonus episode. I've thought about, I don't want to wait too long because it is about the Pisces energy and it is about this Mercury retrograde and how, really just how to just own this energy and get the most out of it. So I don't want to wait too long on that to let you guys hear that because we're in the thick of Pisces season and in the thick of Mercury retrograde. And I will tell you that this is probably not like any other Mercury retrograde or um, podcast you've listened to because it is very, very hopeful because we really see all energy is there to service. So there's no such thing as bad energy and good energy that, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. Everything's going to go crazy. Go hide out. We really see it, even if it's kicking our ass a little bit, especially from Laura, she's getting her ass kicked a bit because she has her rising, her rising sign is Pisces. So she has, and she's a Pisces sun. So she has a lot of energy going on right now, but she's leaning in, she's healing and she's expanding, which is exactly what we need to be doing in really intense energy and not being a victim to it. So self-care, but also knowing it's there to serve you. So just a few I'll give you guys some of my favorite ways that I've been using this energy right now. It's kind of a murky energy. There's a lot of, there can be some illusion, confusion. There also, but there's a very thin, there's, the veil is very thin between us and the spiritual realm. It always is, but we're more aware of it right now. So really leaning in and maybe honing in on a meditation practice and channeling this energy into dreaming about what the next step is. And I really love personally using this energy really to heal because Pisces is so healing. So right now what I'm doing is I am choosing to heal some of my mindsets about money because I feel like for me personally, and I actually think this for Laura too, and her and I have chatted about it, Aries season is going to be a big financial breakthrough for us personally. And I want to make as much room for that as I possibly can. And Pisces energy is so intuitive and it's healing and it really gets into that deep, deep subconscious. So that is how I am personally using this energy. I'm using Lacey Phillips work of To Be Magnetic. I am doing her Unblocked Money series. So I will put a link to her work in the show notes. If you have not heard of her, she is fantastic and Her work is really phenomenal. It's manifestation work, but it's all about clearing the subconscious as a means to doing it. So it's not this spiritual bypass model of, I'm just going to think happy thoughts and things will come to me and live in oblivion, but it's healing ourselves as well as calling in what we want and seeing ourselves as powerful, but really going after and leaning in and parenting our inner child. So really amazing stuff. Anyway, I do hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. 
about masculine and feminine energy. We talk about some really fun subjects. We talk about dating and how you can use how we really do need a balance of masculine and feminine energy in every area of our lives, including dating and how you can tell if you're out of balance in one of those and how to course correct if you need to or adding a little bit more masculine, adding a little bit more feminine and also places in very masculine structures such as work and how to lean into that intuitive flow. So we also talk about places where we've encountered toxic femininity and masculinity and how we've taken on those and embodied them and also in our own lives and now are in the process of healing and letting those go. So we really hope you enjoyed today's episode and we hope all of you are taking good, good care of yourselves. Take a bath, ground, meditate, enjoy this fluid energy, but remember, got to stay grounded. So if you're feeling floaty and all over the place, breathe, take some time, meditate, drink water, make sure you're take. I feel like right now, because we don't have a lot of air in the chart, um, actually I don't think we have any air in the chart right now that it's, it's kind of hard to breathe. So really just making sure we're taking big full breaths, I feel like is a really wonderful way to just tune in with our bodies and remind ourselves that we are here and we're present and we're okay and we're taken care of. So hope you guys have a beautiful Tuesday and enjoy today's episode. So we just wanted to start out, uh, pick up where we left off, if you will. And we, at one point in the last episode, Laura, you had talked about seeing the different toxic femininity and toxic masculinity within your family. And one of the things we were talking about before we jumped on is that we gave like one example of toxic femininity, but I feel like we like really railed on toxic masculinity, <laughs> like a lot. So I think it would be great if we started talking about what toxic femininity is. And by the way, guys, if you haven't listened to part one, please go stop this episode right now. And I know if you're like me, you won't, you'll just keep listening. <laughs> but for you rule followers out there, push pause and go back and listen to episode one because we're not explaining things. And we explained them in the first one. So this is part two. So sorry, back to my, so back to toxic femininity. So Laura, can you just kind of share or revisit and share where you, you saw it present your itself in your life? Yeah. Uh, for sure was familiar with toxic, uh, versions of masculine and feminine energy, but in regards to the feminine, I had a parent who was very heavily toxic and feminine energy and that showed up in being a victim feeling powerless very um not grounded or aware of how to take action so it was which is basically a victim <laughs> and right. so for me that's essentially the version that I took on at a young age was oh that's what feminine energy is I am just a victim to life around me. And when I'm in that energy, I just need people to save me. When in reality, it repelled people from me. Or the people that were in that, maybe had that unhealthy 
dynamic in their life, they were drawn to it. So we would just kind of have like a pity party and just kind of down spiral into woe is me, my life sucks and feel more and more depressed. So it showed up with a lot of sickness in my life in when I would get into a place, like a, even just like one symptom, because the parent that I had was chronically sick growing up. So it, I had connected the dots with like the toxic feminine energy, feminine energy and my health stuff kind of together. So whenever I would have like a symptom arise, I knew in my mind, oh, this is going to get me attention. This is going to get me, um, this is going to meet my needs and I have to be a victim in this place. So the symptoms would just grow and the sickness would grow because I would focus so much attention on that's how I'm going to get taken care of. Yeah. And I've definitely seen the toxic feminine show up as a victim, but also as a martyr. And I think the martyr is the one archetype that women can fall into with, well, really any nurturer can really fall into that role because you are, and, it, and it's, a, it's a cycle because if you're a martyr, so meaning like you're always sacrificing yourself for others, you're always giving, you give when you shouldn't be, you're giving when you f- should first be giving to yourself. Well, what happens eventually when you play that martyr role and you're getting a hit from feeling like that, like you're the savior, eventually you'll start you're not getting your needs met. So getting sick is a great way to all of a sudden feel like you deserve to have your needs met. So, and then there's that victim mentality in there. So a lot of times martyrs don't even see the victim mentality because they are like, but I'm doing so much for everyone else. They almost feel entitled to the victim mentality. Oh yeah. Great. I'm so glad you said that. That was, I forgot to add that part. That was definitely my, where I resided in was like, I need to give, 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 give. And then I was getting sick or not paying attention to myself or whatever. And that was like my entitlement. Oh, well now I get to get taken care of because I've given all of this. And so now I need you to show up for me and it would show up in that victim. But it was, yeah, you're right. It's almost masked. So you don't recognize that it's victim mentality because you're like, but I've given all of this. So that's a great point. Well, and I think that that's because when we're talking about toxic femininity, it's not just like you did femininity wrong. It's going too far in certain areas of femininity without a balance. So an aspect of the divine feminine is nurturing. It is empathy. It's compassion. It's sacrifice even. It's, I mean, mothers are like, you are sacrificing your body to give birth to a human. I mean, that's, that is sacrifice. Like you are never going to be the same again. (laughs) And, you know, up until the past couple hundred or past really hundred years, 50 years, whatever, giving birth was a, like a life risk, a serious one. Like plenty of women didn't make it during childbirth so there and I think that so that energy what a martyr is is when that energy goes too far and where there isn't a stopping and a hey 
I need to be taking care of myself. I need to be nurturing myself. I need to be, so it's not done out of ill intent. It's, I think it's actually coming from the healthy divine feminine that's simply out of balance. And I think that's a really good thing to note because a lot of times what people will do, and I can put myself in that camp, and this is kind of where I I was like, okay, I'm definitely can fall into that camp of overgiving. And because I had done that for so long and so many years, I then pulled into this, I don't want to nurture anybody. I don't want to give anything to anybody ever. And that was also cutting off my femininity. It was cutting off, especially for me, I have my Jupiter in Cancer. That is a very important place for me to be nurturing to people, to be caretaking. My mom says that like, I mean, when my mom was in the car accident when we were younger and she was in the hospital, I was like three years old and I would tell the nurses to leave because I was going to take care of her. Oh, oh my God. I mean, it and it wasn't like a, a it wasn't this like scared like I the nurses like I loved the nurses they like brought me hot chocolate and would bring me stuffed animals and would like take me on tours of the hospital like I was really I was a damn cute kid so I was real chatty and just like inquisitive and and I wanted to take care of her so I would watch them and see what they did and be like okay mommy I'm gonna do that you guys can leave now so that wasn't out of a place of like no one else can do it I have to be the one that was out of a genuine like even before my dad died, my mom said that I think I couldn't have been like more than a, maybe two, two years old. I just came in, I looked at her and I was like, I changed Samuel's diaper. And she's like, you did what? And I was like, I changed his diaper because I had watched her do it and I thought I could do it. And I had been practicing on my baby dolls. And she was like, you did a pretty good job. (laughs) She was like, and it wasn't because she wasn't doing it. I remember, I can honestly remember times in my life hiding from my mom so I could practice doing what she did. It wasn't because I was like, no one's here to take care of me. I have to do it. I've just always had this. I mean, when I was like a year or two old, I figured out how to climb up on the cabinet and get my own cup and make. And then when I did that, I would always make her breakfast and make my brother breakfast. Like there's this, I truly think that I was my mom's mom in a past life. Like I a hundred percent think that. And I think when I came in, I was just like, oh, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is, this is our roles. And so that's very natural for me. And that's beautiful. And I thought that that was clearly a manifestation of abandonment, clearly a manifestation of feeling like my world got pulled out from under me. And until I connected the dots that I was changing my brother's diaper before my dad died, that's when I was like, that wasn't trauma. That is an innate part of me that I want to take care and serve other people. Wow. That's seriously powerful. I'm so glad you had that revelation about changing the diaper because that I remember you going through that process and thinking that all of that was coming from a place of trauma. Oh, yeah. Well, because I'm codependent as hell. I mean, it's just true. I am. I'm so code. I mean, like I have such a tendency towards codependent. I have a propensity towards codependency. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. hashtag propensity to codependency like (laughs) that's funny if there's anybody on that hashtag dear god um 
but yeah, so I think that as women, even leaning into that, not cutting that part of ourselves off when we're trying to balance the feminine, when we're trying to balance codependency, because I think what that does ultimately is it, it really cuts us off from being able to access a really powerful part of ourselves. Because if we don't, because if we know how to nurture other people, then we actually do know how to nurture ourselves. But what I did was cut that off. And I was like, well, now what the hell do I do? <laughs> I, I mean, and what I really, what is a way better thing is for me to look at how I nurture other people and go, okay, I want to go do this for this person. I did this with my boyfriend the other day. I was cleaning his bathroom and I was like, I should be cleaning my own bathroom. Why am I cleaning his bathroom right now? He didn't ask me to, but it's this. So that even for me has been a, uh, honestly, like a kind of a compass towards where I need to be taken care of because I'm so others focused. So I'm like, oh, I'm probably projecting that because I need that. I do the same exact thing. <laughs> and oh, I, I think can most tell, of us do. And I also can tell when I've gone too extreme because then I start getting upset. Like you were using the example of cleaning your boyfriend's bathroom. I will do things for my boyfriend. And when I start to feel myself shift into, well, like kind of like resentment or bitterness that he's not giving back to me or he's not like matching me or whatever, that is a great indicator that I know that I've overgiven and I've not like filled myself up enough. So I let that be a gauge rather than getting mad at him and exploding on him and being like, why don't you ever da, 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 da. like, first of all, I will think of all the ways he's loved me so that I show my brain that he is actively on my team and that he's not just doing nothing. And then I will go take care of myself and give myself what I actually need that I'm wanting from him. And that always balances the scale back out. And it's not like I stay balanced all the time. <laughs> I'm swinging. Right, no. So I just want to put that out there. Like there's not a time where you arrive and then you're just like balanced all the time. I am often taking inventory of how I'm feeling with stuff based off of what's coming up inside of me. Like the bitterness, bitterness and resentment. Oh, yep. Time to go lean in and love myself. Or if I find myself just spending all of this time by myself and not giving and connecting to him or other people, whatever that looks like. And that's kind of when I lean back into how can I show up and love you? I've been filling myself up. How can I show up and from my overflow give to you now without any expectation of trying to get something back? Right. And I think that the divine feminine in general, we, I mean, it's the moon. So we're reflective of others where we're like we and we take in the light from the sun and reflect it out and that is now we also are the sun as well because we're both masculine and feminine but when we're not taking when we are not allowing ourselves to go inward and when we're not allowing ourselves to have that like you know new moon energy where there's no reflection outward where the sky is just dark, we're not able to take care of ourselves and nurture. And I think that's one thing that's really interesting about this hustle culture and this go, go, go and this boss babe, and even this wanting to be on social media all the time. That's very masculine yes. to want to be seen all the time. Very masculine. 
And it's interesting that the feminine is afraid of that. I think feminine in general, we have a tendency to, you know, now that we're seen, I think we're sometimes scared to go hide again and to go within. But part of the moon cycle is quick. It stays in each sign for two to three days. The moon changes faster than any other planet, any other anything. So women, our emotions change, our energy levels change, our desires change, our needs change. That part of us is constant. So expecting ourselves to stay fixed at one point is actually not even a feminine concept. It is, it's not part of that the idea of going with the flow and going with nature and allowing rather than trying to stay structured and in one place. So even that idea and that concept of healing linearly or healing or getting to a point where we're balanced and at neutral and we won't swing, that's a very masculine concept. It's a good point. Feminine energy is not that. <laughs> Feminine energy is triggering us it is all over the place it's emotional it changes its mind it's over here it's over there it's like going with the wind going with the flow it's very ethereal it's not very grounded well I don't actually know if I fully agree with that I do think it's grounded because it's connected with the earth but I think it's because earth like the earth in astrology is a feminine sign and water and earth are both feminine. So I think that there's a groundedness to femininity, but I think that there's still a go with the flow. So I think we can be grounded and pulled within and be connected to something, be connected to a rhythm, be connected. But I don't think it's like, I think that that all over the place thing is, when there's not like, I think, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of rambling, but I feel like there is a groundedness to healthy femininity. Yes. I was actually going to elaborate on that. Okay. It's, I feel like, I think it is grounded. So not the right word, but I think when you're comparing the masculine visually on the outside compared to the feminine, like the masculine, I feel like they're, it's very clear their structure and what they're pushing forward and the it's like a visually more grounded thing from the outside. But even as you and I were talking about the feminine energy, like even with Instagram, like it may not be, people may not see what's going on inside and the nurturing and the things that you're doing. Whereas the masculine energy, you're like putting stuff out there, you're posting th things, you're commenting, you're like moving things forward. Does that make sense? It's external. That's so yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Internal. Mm -hmm. Right. So Grounded is not the right word. It's just that you may not visually see what's happening like you do the masculine. Right. And I think I kind of get what you're the Nate, what you're feeling around and kind of touching. Cause I'm Bumbling. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I can kind of see what you're saying of like, you might not see it externally, but just because you can't see it externally doesn't mean it's not there. And just because the structure isn't visual doesn't mean it's not there. And I think that's where it, from an outside perspective, could feel ungrounded because it's not fixed. But I think that 
even part of like, I mean, the, the moon has a rhythm. It does the same thing all the time. It never, you know, it goes from, you know, it crescent to waning to white, like it goes in the same order all the time. It's just not the same day to day. So I think it's really more about leaning into that rhythm of being seen, of not being seen, of being visual, of not being visual, of rather than, yeah, always pursuing, always being so active because there, yeah, there is this, well, I think masculine energy in general likes progress. Yes. And I think the feminine energy understands that wherever you go, there you are. It's a mm-hmm. circle. So it's, 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 and it, there's a, and it's about, I think we need to be balancing the two because I do think that creating the structure, creating the thing, created the, you know, and I feel like that's why when I see like evolving, I see it's like going upwards, like in a spiral, because I do think it's this feminine circular movement. But I think that, in order for it to affect future generations, there has to be structure put to it. Yeah, that's true. But it's also why, but I think the bigger question is why is the structure there? Is the structure fluid? Is it flexible? Because I think that's when there's not enough feminine energy to that. Mm. So good. So I feel like we had a very philosophical talk about masculine and feminine energy. I like that's my little, my little Aquarius North node brain. You Um, articulated that so well though. Thank you for bringing into what I was trying to communicate. You're such a good translator. That's one of my favorite things about you. You translate energy. You translate what people are trying to say. You are such a great translator. Well, I saw, I was looking at my chart today when I have Mercury conjuncting my sun, which is the planet of communication, but I saw that I also have it conjuncting Saturn, which I thought, huh, that would explain the dyslexia and the learning disability because sometimes <laughs> Saturn can put like a block on that. Yeah. But what it also can do because it's, they're all in Capricorn. So it's a little less, it's very productive. And I realized that part of what my Saturn and Mercury conjuncts is is that I create structure with words. You do. That's very true. And I think because my son's in there with it, it's very visible and it's very apparent. Mm, that makes then so I, much sense. Mm-hmm. And then I also have my moon in my house of communication, which is in Libra. So it's an air sign, likes to talk, likes to think, but also likes things to be really beautiful. So I think that even emotions I'm able to translate well. I, I mean, my chart is very set up to be somebody that is a big communicator, somebody that likes to talk, likes to likes to articulate information. Yeah, yeah. And that's why you're such a great coach and like even with your business coaching, but also the, um, or what do you call it, business branding branding. intuitive branding coaching and your astrology because you're such a great articulator and communicator of everything of coming up with a structure for business of articulating your astrology chart all of that it's so understandable in the way that you package it you know what i think it is i think it's that i care more about the information than being right that's true you do are not 
where you your ego is not attached to that. <laughs> well, I think it actually is my ego. <laughs> I think my ego likes to articulate things well. And my well, ego would meant... rather No, I know what you mean. I got you. Okay. I yeah, I mean I I think you're I think you're right meaning like any goic like like yeah, I have to be right for sure. I just think my ego doesn't care about that very much. Yeah. I think my ego is like we don't have to be right, but we definitely have to be the one that's explaining things well. And <laughs> or better yet, just be the one that's explaining things a different way. Because mm. I don't even think that it's a matter of being right. I'm just like, we all learn differently and understand information differently. So I don't ever feel like I'm like, well, this is the right way to say it. I'm like, no, this is a different way of saying it. And there are plenty of people that will resonate with this that won't resonate and a lot of times what I'm all I'm doing, I'm taking other people's information and using it to explain itself. Yeah. Just repackaging so, it. Yeah. Cause I don't really give a shit. I don't really like, <laughs> and that's, I, we, <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like a lot of people will be like, so what do you, but like, that's been a big question people have been asking me lately, which maybe we can even talk about. Cause I think this is feminine masculine too. Like, what do you believe lately? Like, oh, what yeah. are your, like people like need to know. <laughs> I know. It makes so them true. so uncomfortable. I know. It does. Me too. Same here. How has your experience been with that? <laughs> now that we're on this subject. I'm like, oh dear. Because I think a lot of people that are listening are going through that. And I think sure. it's for themselves. Yeah. I I think the mo- the people that are coming to me and asking those types of questions, I can feel a true, pure inquiry. Like I, I want to understand rather than a, you fell off the deep end. <laughs> now I think there might be a little bit of that and that's why they're asking. But I think honestly, there's such a deconstructing happening as a collective that people are seeing that feeling that and then they're being pulled to those that are in that journey of deconstructing and going how did you do that what do you think about that what do you believe so I've kind of been receiving (laughs) some of that and it actually makes me giggle each time it happens because I am like it makes people first of all I think there is a sense of entitlement As far as in the Christian culture goes, that's where I've noticed it the most of they need to make sure you're staying in the box. And so they start like coming after you when they see you getting out of the box and they start asking questions and they want to know. Like I had someone comment. I did a um, a post on the energy work that I do in my in my healing sessions. And someone messaged me and said, where is Christ in this? And it made me laugh so hard because I was like, that's really all you're going to say? Like, this is when you should like do Photoshop a picture of Jesus hanging out on your shoulder (laughs) and send it to him and be like, to the left. Do you not see him? (laughs) And that be your response. I just like, oh, it made me just melt. I was like, you're so cute. But the thing is, I don't judge it because I used to be like that. I used to think like that. I was trained to think you have to put everything in a box. And when you get out of the box, then you got to pull people back in. You got to let them know. Like I was even religious about like, you don't cuss. Like it was, and if someone cussed, I would call them into, I'd be like, hey, 
we don't cuss. So I used to be like that. So now that it's coming back around, I'm like, eh, it's probably karma. And also, that's just the way that culture is taught to think. So anyways, that's long-winded. What is your experience then? Honestly, some, a little bit of that, I think I have had some people, I think genuinely just be curious, but mine has been a bit more aggressive and people are, have really taken it in my life very personally that I've gone on a journey. And I think for me, yeah, I have some, it's some of it's a people pleaser thing and I don't want to rock people's worlds. But the other thing is that I am so, like you were saying, like you feel like you were like that and you did think like everything had to be in a box. I've never really been like that. And I've always been really okay with people in my world thinking and believing whatever they think. And even when I like was confronted with something that the church said was bad, I always was just able to be like, like, I remember when, like, you know, every, I mean, <laughs> forever, but, you know, a, a lot of churches historically will say that, you know, homosexuality is a sin, you're going to hell, and, like, this was when the, you know, gay marriage was getting voted on, and I just remember having this, like, for years, if anybody asked me about it, I'd be like, uh, I, I just don't, I'm not going to really worry about what I think about that, because it was like that belief was so not right to me and felt so counter what I felt like I knew God to be that it made me so like when that would get said until finally it got confronted enough that well it was was when it was like in politics and you know voting was starting to happen and I could vote and I remember just crying thinking about like how much it would how much love that there has been because people have been able to come together and get married who love each other and that and I just heard God be like whenever there's love that's me Mm. and I mean never said like well these people think this and these people all his only answer was was work because I finally was I asked him because I think what I was afraid of was this God that I had been talking to was an asshole. And I mean, truthfully, because I was like, well, everybody around you keeps saying things that are kind of assy to me. So (laughs) I'm a little afraid to talk and ask if this God that I've been talking to since I was a little girl is an asshole. So I'm going to, so I waited for a couple years to ask because I just kind of was like, don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Just cover my ears cover my eyes and then finally I was like I gotta know I'm I'm kind of done protecting you and I asked him and he just said well whenever there's love I'm present and that was the only risk and my heart was just like oh okay cool I don't I don't need another explanation I don't need you to explain structure to me or a scripture I don't need any of that because I know I heard that and I felt that and I know that's truth so I think for me that's just how I've always been. And when there are black and white rules that exclude people or don't aren't or say to me that this person is less than or their ideas or whatever, or you're right, I have always tried to figure out how they also are right. So I think for me, having a lot of emotion pushed on me and, you know, 
really it's their shit that they're projecting on me of you're stepping out of the box. And this is scary to me because you're reflecting something inside of me. And I understand that on an intellectual level, but at a heart level, it's really painful for me because I've never been like that. And I don't understand it. I don't understand. I mean, I intellectually understand, but at a soul level, I don't understand why you're letting this affect you so much. For real. And I think the thing that is frustrating to me is the fact that people don't like you don't have permission to think for yourself. So the moment you start ha to have a differing opinion is when they feel entitled to come in and, you know, plant a statement across it and be an asshole. Of, well, this is what the Bible says, or this is what we've been taught. And so this is what you need to think and believe instead of trusting yourself and trusting what you feel like is in alignment for you. And, and just even having the like, the okayness of other people thinking differently. Like there's this standard of you can't, there's only one way. I mean, that is Christianity. <laughs> there's only one way. Well, well, and I think it's our, you know, I'm really trying to untie that from Christianity because I think that's cultural Christianity. I don't know if I think that that's whatever all Christianity is. And I think that's been my experience of it and I can get that for sure. But I think that culturally aside from, cause I mean, God, look at politics, look at it. We want to be right as humans. We want to be right because being right makes us feel safe. And if it's in so to tell ourselves that there is a right. And, you know, this is something I know that, a lot of clients that I have deal with, they think that if they figure out emotional health to a certain point, that they won't have to feel pain anymore. If they're healthy enough and they make the right choices and they, that, that pain is somehow a malfunction of the human experience. And if they're feeling pain, then they must be doing something wrong. And so there's all these, we just, as humans are constantly trying to find systems that will protect us from chaos, pain, the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen. And part of that system is I'm right. And if you're right, therefore somebody else has to be wrong. And if you see that, if you believe that there's something out there like that, that there's a, a magic pill, a magic formula, a magic belief system that can protect you from pain, then yeah, of course you're going to need, you're going to throw darts when somebody else says, Hey, you know what? I think something else. Gosh, I relate to that a thousand percent. That is coming up in so many different areas in my life personally. And I'm having to communicate over and over. I am separate from you. These decisions I make have nothing to do with you. Therefore, you don't get to come in and try to tell me, hey, explain this to me or tell me what, what you believe or that, that piece that we kind of said at the beginning, which is like people feeling entitled to know what our beliefs are in order for them to, to feel safe. Like I need to know where you're at. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm completely different than you. <laughs> and I think that really holding space in that as like the divine feminine, even in that, and just into healthy femininity 
is being okay. And even like our rant and our frustration is a perfect illustration of where we have places of pain and where we have places where we're not able to be okay with people being angry or upset or whatever, because if like the divine feminine is okay with everybody being in the process that they need to be in. And there's this sense of peace that you can come at me and you can do that. And I can still love myself and I don't have to defend myself and I don't have to, and not saying that those things are bad, but I'm saying like, I think that moving and leaning into compassion for ourselves and compassion for the other person is like coming into that because the truth is is that the the world as a whole right now is purging toxic masculinity and as the regardless of where you're in that process that is very unsettling (laughs) it's unsettling for a lot of people and whether or not we agree with if we're like oh actually these structures do need to fall it's going to affect us because there are structures that we depend on that are built on toxic masculinity. Yeah. So really, I think it's about us really being okay with pulling in and being able to self nurture and pulling in and being able to affirm our belief systems and being able to be our own teacher and leaning into that divine wisdom. And I think that's how we're going to be okay with this deconstructioning. There's right. this deconstruction. Cause I don't think there's another way to do it and not lose your mind. <laughs> so true. Well, okay. So coming back to our back on track that, yeah, we definitely got segue, but that's okay. Um, uh, so what are what are examples of healthy masculinity healthy masculinity and healthy femininity i think for i'll speak on the femininity because that's where i feel like i've been focusing a lot of my energy is balancing that because i yeah i'm growing that side so healthy femininity for me has looked like a balance of well i feel like you have to talk about both (laughs) Um, balancing the masculine energy with the feminine looks like me showing up, especially like as an example of my business, creating structure and being okay with sharing, like putting stuff out there, putting content out there, letting people see me, letting people hear what's going on and what I have to provide, but then letting go of the outcome and coming back into a place of surrender and trust that what needs to come through will come through. And it's not my job to pull people in. It's not my job to sell, 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 like try to convince someone. It's my job to create a a structure and to show up and to present. But then I lean back into my feminine and I go, you know what? I know that I'm enough. I know that the vibration that I'm at will naturally pull to me the same vibration. So it'll be equal. Where I vibrate, I attract. So it's that trust and that surrender of going, now I get to be free flowing. Now I get to really sink into my intuition. And when I feel those pings, reach out to people, but not from a place of I'm trying to like find you and bring you in, but in a, I'm just listening to my intuition, my higher self, and she's guiding me 
on where to place energy instead of just wasting all this energy trying to produce, trying to put things out. I'm being smart about it. So I'm using the masculine and feminine connected, which allows me to keep a more balanced energy that I exude in my day to day. Right. And I think that's almost like, it's like an example of leading from the feminine Mm -hmm. and letting that be your, which if you, if you've ever seen the pyramid code, they talk about that in Egyptian culture, there, there's just an energy of, there's referencing with the left hand a lot, which is the feminine. And there's the woman often in different pictures will have her arm on the man signifying like that matriarchal leadership. And of course you can infer that, oh, well, the women ruled and that may or may not. Yes. There's definitely more women in leadership in ancient cultures, but even just that energy, Mm. that feminine energy of leading from your intuition of leading from that intuitive, sacred wisdom, higher self place, and then putting masculine action to it. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what creates the best results. I mean, and it's it's, true. It's interesting. It's interesting that the pyramids, we still do not know how to build the pyramids with our technology today. And they're exploring all these other, maybe they moved them through sound and vibrations. Maybe they moved them and probably did. Like, I mean, it was probably something outside of our box of this masculine, let's move this and do this and fix this. But it's so, but I, I think in our culture and our masculine driven external culture, I don't even think that we would be able to look at that and see the possibilities of what they did, because that's just not how we're led. We're led from the doing. It's true. And I think that's, and Going even to what you said about the business thing, I think that's a huge topic right now because, you know, as women are stepping into their power more and more and becoming more self-sufficient and, you know, things like owning their own houses, having their own businesses, having, you know, these women-led businesses, it's, I think it's really easy to just lead like a man or lead (laughs) in in masculine energy. And I think that's what we've been seeing this hustle movement, this boss, babe, this, and I don't even think that's bad sometimes because that's like, I'm a manifesting generator. So there's a part of me that is very masculine and very results driven and very go, go, go and get shit done. And I can push and wheel and deal. And if I want something, I will get it. There is no, like, and I have that energy center that I can push past things. But I think for me, figuring out where that intense energy needs to be directed. That's so good. Because I do have a lot of intense masculine energy. And I think that what will happen, and I've I've seen this even in my personal life, is that when I deny that part of myself, it comes out on my relationship. Yes. It comes because I'm not expressing that mm-hmm. healthy drive, aggressive, passionate, masculine side of myself. Yes. I was just thinking that, that when we don't exercise that masculine and 
I mean, if we're going to talk about male and female, like me and my relationship with my boyfriend, with me balancing that masculine feminine energy, I definitely need that outlet of using my masculine in my business and in other areas so that when I come back to my relationship with him, I'm able to lean into my feminine. When I don't, when I haven't exercised that masculine, it even happened last night. I was too much in my masculine energy and didn't come back into my feminine. And we were not connecting. We were fighting. There was this like dominance, this like butting heads. And I kept going, why am I feeling this energy? And I was like, oh, I haven't clicked back in to my feminine energy of reception, of relaxation and just being in the moment and being connected. And so there was this like, this opposition that was taking place and it was causing this resistance in our relationship. And I was like, this is such an important thing for us to learn, especially as women, how to use our masculine energy and when, like how to steer the energy, like you said, towards your work and what you're giving out. And so that you can steer your feminine energy to your relationships and really sink into those and be open towards them rather than trying to dominate. And I think that's why women that have a really heavy masculine energy have said like, well, I just meet these guys and they say that I'm like too powerful or too, you know, dominant, which I have gotten all of my life. I've had men tell me they were scared of me. That's because I didn't have that healthy balance of leaning into my feminine and letting them lead or letting them pursue or just surrendering. I didn't know how to do that. It didn't feel safe to me at the time because I wasn't in my healthy balance. Right. Totally. And I think that when we can lead from the feminine and anchor that energy, even, I mean, I think we can show up in our masculine and our relationships, like, you know, taking, taking charge in the bedroom or whatever. And like this passionate, like masculine, I'm going to like, go get some shit done. I think you can do that as long as you're able to like, be aware that that is what you're doing. And that's not necessarily going to bring connection and intimacy. Yeah. It's not, but it's, but it is a part of us that we need to honor and um, express because I think that there's a lot of, because what happens with that is just like, like attracts like. So when we suppress that for too long, that's when we, we kind of, our fire starts dying and our passion for life. And when we're not nurturing that masculine part of ourselves, and I think that's why a lot of moms, like, you know, after, especially, I think this is happening less now, but you know, 10, 20 years ago, kids would go off to school and moms would be like, what am I supposed to do with my life? My whole life was my children. And I mean, I think plenty of moms still go through that now too, but I think culture is shifting a bit. So that's happening a little less, but, and it's because when you haven't, nurtured that masculine part of you and all you've done is nurture the feminine part of you and you haven't allowed that aggressive side of you out it starts dying so it's not something we need to kill off yeah no i agree with you there's a place for it all totally always so kind of coming towards wrapping this up and coming to the end of this little episode, 
what do you, how, what are ways that, well, I guess my first question would be, what are ways that we can see just day to day what our balance is like between the two? Like what are, almost like triggers, I guess. Like what are things that you can do to kind of, I'll just give an example because I feel like I'm not explaining this very well. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like, know. <laughs> if you sit in the bath, do you get triggered? If you give yourself a day off, can you do that? Like, I feel like those are like, if you can't, probably an indicator that you are too much in masculine and you're too much in doing. Give your example That's, of homework you gave to one of your clients that was heavy masculine. Um, well, I've, this this is definitely not just one client. So if you're my client and you're hearing this and you're like, "That's me," I'm not telling your story. Most of my clients are like this because I attract this type of client. Um, my clients that are very in their masculine and go go go, and I'm like, "Hey, take a bubble bath or just sit in silence for 20 minutes." They have been known to have visceral reactions, even at that suggestion. <laughs> and then when they go to do it, have visceral experiences because that feminine side of their selves has not been nurtured in so long that it is uncomfortable to do that. And it, because the masculine part of you has been steering the ship for so long and all of a sudden you're like, hey, move over, bud. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? You're going to ruin everything. Do you see how much we've built? We've got to, and I know uh, me and you will talk about a lot about how we will manifest things through the feminine. And then when we get them, the masculine's like, okay, now I got this. Oh yeah. Like we'll be surrendered and get, you know, manifest the partner or whatever or the job or the client and then we're like okay now I have the masculine comes in and wants to control and make sure that it we keep it forever yeah it's intoxicating I was in heavy masculine energy yesterday and I was like oh I remember when I didn't know how to lean in the feminine and I just stayed in this energy forever <laughs> like I wanted to write not forever but I wanted to ride the wave as long as I possibly could because it makes you feel powerful and so my goal was to like keep staying in that place so like to what you're saying when I get heavy in my masculine and I come up with the idea of like I need to stop for lunch and I tell myself no I can't stop for lunch I have to keep the flow going I have to keep working like and I'm not taking care of my needs like when I'm resisting that, I know that's the time when I need to lean in. And that happened yesterday where I was like, I just need to get all of this done and then I can take care of myself. But I was telling myself, okay, but by the time you take care of yourself, you're going to be so burnt out that you're going to have to have like the next day where it's like a whole recovery day because you've overused, you've like overdone the masculine. So I have enough history with myself that I just listened and I stopped and I took a break and it balanced me back out. And then I was able to ramp back up and get some of the other things done. But the fear when you're in that go, go, go is if I stop, I won't be able to come back to it. Like you want to keep the momentum going. And there's, and I remember even yesterday that fear popping up of like, but if I stop, I won't want to do anything. And maybe that's true but maybe it's not. And either way, you probably need to lean into whatever happens and take care of that. I just got a download while you were talking. And this is if you are a, if you are an earth moon, if you're a Virgo, Capricorn or Taurus, 
you are going to relate to what Laura just said. <laughs> if you are not, or maybe even water a little bit, if you are an air moon like me, you will not logically know when you're in the masculine. Because air, it, because you have an earth moon, Laura, so you know, you can consciously see like, okay, now I'm not saying you haven't ignored it in your life, but you can be like, I need to take care of myself and stop and eat for lunch. No, I don't want to stop. I want to get this going because I want to keep going in this energy. But I think like for me with my air moon, I don't, I feel like I'm just like, it's not, it's none of it's structured. It's just mm. like, I just am in this energy and I don't know how to, I don't know what, what energy it is. And I don't know how to stop it. And I don't know what I need. And I don't, I'm just, it's like frant, it's more frantic. And it isn't until I stop and eat or stop and breathe or stop. And then I'm like, Oh, now I might can figure out what I need. Oh, I might. But I think, so if you are not, and even if you are an earth, whatever, even if that's not true for you, but you and I'm imagining like a water sign moon, they might be really emotional in all of it, like emotionally charged to do this thing, or maybe feeling a lot of shame or guilt if they stop going or feeling, you know, versus, so it's more like emotionally led and thinking even fire. I feel like fire would, would probably be the hardest one. I think that would be the one that would just experience burnout of go, go, go. And then it just, you just stop. Cause just all of a sudden you just don't feel that fire to keep going anymore. And your body will just like give out on you. That's a great point. So I'm curious if that guys, I literally just felt like I just channeled that through the moons. So please let us know what moon you are. And if you related all of that, and if you don't, that's totally fine. Don't have a, a go about that at all because I feel like I literally just got that but it does feel like because new the moon is how we nurture ourselves and how we take care of ourselves and I think for a lot of us if you have an air moon it's really hard to know how to do those things what is my boyfriend again the moon an air moon that's what I thought because when you're yeah. talking and explaining your experience I watch him do that but I, I'm glad you said this, this gave me language because as a Taurus, I was thinking, oh, he knows just like me. He knows when he is da, 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 da. Okay. What you're telling me is you don't actually know. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, and I would say air is probably the worst because it's, it, I, we probably know the least. <laughs> that makes so much sense. So as someone that is, has a Taurus moon and is grounded in that, what in a partnership, if someone else has that kind of dynamic, what can they do to help their partner that's very air? Like, is there anything they can do to help them realize or help them bring it down? Or do you just kind of let them figure it out? Well, I think it it's, I don't think there's, I think there's probably multiple answers for that. Because I feel like if you, I think asking questions and asking if what they need can be really helpful or, hey, do you need this or do you need this? That also can lead to a lot of codependency and feeling like your now job is to anchor this person. I would say the best thing you can do for an air sign or an air moon or is to, because we're, we're so ungrounded and we have um, no structure as far as necessarily how we're thinking. Um, 
Aquarius, Aquarius a little bit more, but just take care of yourself in front of us. That will more trigger that we need to be taken care of. Oh, like you just taking care of, because you even trying to take care of us, if we're unaware, we're not going to feel it. And it actually might be even frustrating to us because we're like in this other energy and you're trying to get us to move into this energy. And we're like, no, but we don't really even understand what's happening. We're just feeling that pull. But when you present nurture and self-care in front of us, I, because I've seen this with my boyfriend too, who's also an air moon, when one of us will nurture ourselves, the other one just kind of almost drafts and follows suit. That's beautiful. But, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and I mean, yeah, you can ask, yeah, you can, but especially like Virgo and Taurus moons, especially, and honestly, Capricorn moons, definitely if you're somebody if you're constantly like hey what do you need can I do this for you can you will burn yourself out sure because yeah. you're one fourth most people don't always and I would say water signs are probably a little bit more in tune with what they need to so probably earth and water and are more and they're feminine that's the feminine and then masculine is air and fire so if you have a masculine moon it's likely that you won't always know what you need yeah that gives so much clarity, though, because I was wondering thing. it was because I was wondering about that because I was like, I don't see why he doesn't see this or know how to ground or know like, he's all over the place. It's just not even in our like sphere of why, why, why would we? He's ground? like, I don't know how to take care of myself. I'm like, I don't understand how you don't know. Like, I, I always know. Oh, well, yeah, literally you probably, a Taurus moon is going to know how to take care of themselves more than any other moon. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Because I do. Cancer overly takes care of others. So Cancer moons might not be always taking care of themselves, but Taurus is almost like stubbornly will take care of themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Like your your Taurus moons are like the people that are like, I have to go to sleep now. Well, yeah. there's a party going on. Well, then everyone's gonna have to leave because it's my bedtime, <laughs> and so I gotta go to true. bed. Like it's they so don't. And true. I actually love that about Taurus is Taurus energy in general because they're like, well, I gotta eat. Okay, well, we can stop <laughs> in about an hour. Nope, we gotta. I gotta stop now. And if like you're somewhere that like tourist somewhere where like they can't eat the food for some reason they'll bring their own they'll I do they'll make sure they'll tell the person ahead of time this is what I or they'll leave and go get their own food and bring it back like they are oh, not God. about to like accommodate the group by and I'm and that's and again that's not a bad quality but it is sometimes really funny because especially when you're in a group of people that aren't like that mm -hmm. because it's like you can be like what the hell like she just <laughs> but I actually love that about Taurus energy because I don't have any Taurus in my chart at all or any planets in Taurus I have Taurus but I don't have any planets in Taurus and it's funny to me I don't ever think to do that so I'm always just so shocked I like will just watch people that have a lot of Taurus energy and I'm like wow you just take care of yourself no matter what don't you it's kind of awesome Oh my God. It's funny. I love that you explain it. Cause that was my boyfriend's like one of his favorite things about me. He's like, you always take care of yourself. Like I never have to worry about you. And I was like, no, 
why would you like it's so just me like that's how I am yeah. are other people like that and bless his little heart he's a cancer rising so that's just in his nature to want to take care of people but then he's a sad sun and a gemini moon so he'd be so damn scattered it's a good thing that you don't know that you know how to take care of yourself seriously because his heart would be to take care of you yeah like and his, he expresses that right <laughs> but <laughs> right but it, it's the follow-through that's just very difficult oh God, the follow-through bless it yeah so well Anyway, that's another fun little tangent. It's just like we're having so many fun little tangents today. You know, but the flow. yeah, I think this is, yeah, this topic is so vague and is all over the place right now. So, but let's, let's give a few bullet points to round things off. Let's get a, let's, let's help out our Virgos out there who are all like, make a fucking point, you two. Totally. Um, or maybe even the Capricorns too. The Capricorns have already turned this off. Um, they're like, I can't. So let's talk about ways, like, especially for business, think of ways in your life that you can incorporate that intuitive feminine flow in the midst of structure. So let's say that you have to, uh, go to work every day at a certain time and you're doing a very structured thing lean in and like ask yourself like what are ways that I can add creativity what are ways that I can add or even like fun things of like ask the universe like what color shoes your boss is going to have on that day I know that sounds so weird but that is a way to like inject feminine energy into a very to if you have a very masculine part of your life yeah I, a great one, if you have, if you're heavy masculine is, and we've said this before, but like yen yoga, which is feminine energy yoga. It's holding a pose for an extended period of time and really being in that moment. And, and it's not like vinyasa or like a whole routine where you're going through so many different movements. It is very um, grounded in one movement at a time and breathing into it. And so that helps you ground into yin or into, well, yeah, feminine energy. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great one. I think anything physical that you can breathing is such a good one. Connecting with earth and water is a really great one to get you more into your feminine because those are feminine elements. Um, so, and also just creativity in general. So dressing up and doing your makeup and not just because you want your makeup done, but like try a fun different eyeshadow or try a new hairstyle or like anything that you can embrace your creativity in your daily life is a way to release feminine energy into your life. So even if like you can make your office space more creative or more artistic or anything just that where you're engaging that maybe you just dance around for three minutes and play a song and just are really silly and go crazy and dance around your room. That's also releasing that same play like that. And that's such a high vibration. And what that's going to do paired with structure is it's going to create momentum and flow. And it's going to essentially connect you more with because when we're in really rigid systems and you have to do this and you have to 
you know, this deadline and this blah, blah, blah. It can, a lot of times it, we disconnect from our intuition because we don't have to. It's kind of like using a GPS all the time and never having to pay attention to where you are. Yeah. So I think it's just really important to, yeah, just notice those places. Cause a lot of times we just kind of will mark those places off in our lives of, well, sorry. Like that's just not a place where my feminine energy gets to thrive. I have yeah. to cut that out here. And then ways we can touch on this, uh, ways where you can inject some healthy masculine energy. Um, I think just element wise, fire, having fire around you, having dance, like doing things that are like working out, lifting weights, getting that masculine energy flowing, have being really vocal, having a voice going and doing, initiating, making, like shaking things up. So if there's areas in your life where like you feel like you've kind of slipped into that toxic femininity where you've been maybe overly codependent or over nurturing or whatever, and you're like, or, oh, this is a huge one, compliant and people pleasing. Mm -hmm. Like, it is health. You need a little healthy masculinity in there. You need a healthy little bit of like, well, what do you want? What mm -hmm. are you trying to accomplish here? Or that is and getting that fire and that passion going again. Yeah. Agreed. How do you think women can do that in dating? The masculine energy? Mm-hmm. Cause I think there's a lot of women that feel like victims in dating and like, I'm never going to find anybody. I'm never going to, you know, just like sitting up there in a tower, like Rapunzel being like someday my, like what? And I think that there's, you know, for people like me and you that were probably overly masculine in dating, um, that might be a little helped to pulling back. But I think there's a lot of women that feel almost trapped in the feminine victim role of dating. Well, I haven't thought through this, but my first thought was like engaging in the flirtation back with them in a way that leads them on to a place of like, instead of just like giving them a hint, hey, I'm interested and would like to go on a date rather than just like waiting for them to come up to you and ask you, like if they make a mention about like, we should go out sometime, you know, you could be like, hey, what would be a proper response to that? Yeah, when. let me know if you ever, yeah, when, or where do you want to grab drinks? Like, you know, coming back with a question of engagement with that, letting them know you're interested so that they're like, oh, I got the green light. I'm, I'm following through instead of just being like, oh, well, they never ask. Well, give them a signal. Let them know you're interested. And I think if you're somebody that's really heavy in victim mentality in this, fucking ask about yourself. Totally. Because, I mean, I think that what you're saying is very, it's a balance. And especially if you're somebody that like has a tendency to always do that. I think not doing that, like, yeah, giving them a signal, giving them space to pursue. But I think there's a lot of women that would never ask out somebody. And if that's you, you need to go ask a dude out because that is in, because this isn't about the right thing. This is about the energy that you need to release into that area of your life. So this isn't about us giving you the right thing to say or the right thing. So you asking a guy out might not work out necessarily with that guy, but what that is going to do 
I did this a couple years ago and I will tell you that this set me up for dating and the relationship I'm in now, I was on Tinder and there was a very sexy 41 year old Italian man on there. And I was like 28 and I was like 28, 27, 28, 27. I think I was actually 27. And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, because he was 13 years older than me. And like, he liked some of the same like new age books and was talked about like yoga a little bit. And I was like, oh yeah. And I've never like talked to somebody that old. And I was like, oh yeah. But I had been like not dating for four years and felt like such a victim to like, I just have to wait for whoever wants me. And I saw him and I was like, so I messaged him first. And then we talked for a while. And then I was like, here's my phone number. And then he texts me back and forth. And then after a few days, I was like, would you like to get drinks at this place on Tuesday night at this time? And this was somebody I can honestly tell you that I thought was like physically way out of my league. Like the fact he was so much older than me out of my league, like all these things that I had like in my head of this guy's and then like went on a date and was really fun and flirty and had fun and asked good questions and was really interested in all of the things. And I think we went out like one more time and then neither one of us talked to each other again. Like we hugged and I remember being like, oh, this is like, and I cried afterwards. So I was like, oh, I won't go out with him again. And I never heard from him again. And I never messaged him again because I knew like, it just didn't feel the first, it just didn't feel right. I was like, this just isn't right. You seem wonderful, but no. And I, I think both of us were just intuitive enough to know that. And it didn't have to be this big, like, sorry, I don't want to date you. Like we knew we didn't have to do that, which is kind of nice. Um, but what that did for me is put that energy into dating where I felt powerful. That's so good. I also, to help me, cause I was in the same place where I didn't date for several years to get me back in the game and to use my masculine energy. I got on dating apps and particular Bumble. Bumble, you are the woman who starts the conversation. So that in itself is a masculine energy where now we've matched and I have to pursue you in the first dialogue of our connection. And that said it, that helped set me up for getting out of the victim. Cause I was like, oh, I'm the one that gets to choose what I want to say, how I want to approach this. And so it helped me get into that balance. And then, yeah, the conversation flowed from there. But even Tinder, like, I know I met my boyfriend on Tinder, but I preferred Bumble because it was really good for me to get into that energy of, I'm not a victim to this dating process. I get to show up and talk to the guys that I want to talk to how I want to talk to them. So I very rarely use Tinder just because when I would use it, I would go back into the victim place in my mind of like, oh, well, I just have to wait for the men and I'm not going to message them. They have to message me. But Bumble forced me to get into my masculine in order to connect because I go on Tinder. I'd be like, eh, whatever. They'll talk to me if they want to. So it really helped that balance. And then I wound up finding my man on Tinder. So there you go. So yeah, those are just some fun little ways to kind of tap into that divine feminine or add a little bit more femininity into dating and really 
the whole goal of this is not to be like, oh, this calling out all this toxic feminine and masculine energy. The goal of this is to help us balance that in different areas of our lives because that's all life is anyway. It's just constantly trying to come back into balance. So it's really important to see it like that rather than see it as black and white, right and wrong. Because when we see it as right and wrong, then that's when you're listening to us talk about different ways to date. And you're like, that's right. You should do it that way. That's wrong. You can't do it that way. That's And the truth is, is that at different seasons, you're going to need different things. And you're going to have to function within different energies to balance out whatever's going on. So if you, if we can see, I think if we can see life more from that perspective of balancing this masculine feminine of balance of compassion and empowerment, then we really start to, we start to have a lot more grace for ourselves. And honestly, I think we spend a lot less time being frustrated with ourselves. That's true. The acceptance of the process and the balance, it gives you so much more capacity and grace to kind of go back and forth between them. But if you feel like you have to find the right way or find the balance all the time, that pressure, that resistance is just, it just causes too much, too much pressure. And if you're, you know, if you have a lot of and again, that balance is different for everybody. If you yeah. have a lot of masculine energy in your chart and you have a lot of cardinal energy even, which I do, so meaning Libra, Aries, Capricorn, or Cancer, those energies, especially the Aries energy, that pushes you to be more masculine. It's okay. That's if you're naturally more masculine as a woman, that doesn't mean that you have to be balanced in your femininity means you need to be spending hours a day meditating because that might not be your design. That might not be how you best function. However, if there's a discomfort or if there's a like apprehension to lean into that, that's when there needs to be a balance. Right. Well said. Well, well said. We're going to wrap it up for today for part two. Um, we're really, we're happy that you guys tune in for this part two and excited for our next episode coming out. But for this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, rate, review the podcast on iTunes so that we can grow our platform and let others know about what's going on with all the things that we're sharing through our, our podcast that spreads the message. Tag us and share the episode on Instagram at the generator podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Email us at the generator podcast at gmail.com. Share this episode or any of the other ones with a friend that you think would be inspired by it. Follow us and let us know your thoughts and anything you'd like to hear. You can also check out our website and learn more about our coaching services and astrological readings and our latest blog post at thegeneratorpodcast.online. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We love you. I'm doing the robot as I tell you that we love you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.